This is Alex. And this is Mason. And this is The Overcompetitive Bystanders. And this is our show where we share our strong opinions about things we don't know anything about. One of us favors college, one of us favors NFL. Let's see how this goes. So there are a couple really good options for Poo Poo Team of the Week this week. Um, And then there were a couple that were kind of just in the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, So Nebraska is a nominee for Poo Poo Team of the Week. They are a returner to the list. Um, they lost to then two and six Purdue. Um, that was pretty bad. Um, pretty bad. Purdue is not having a good year. Purdue isn't even close to being competitive in a lot of their games. And I understand that Nebraska is not like top of the top, but you gotta be able to beat Purdue. That's a, that's, that's one you can't be dropping. Um, yeah. So that's why they're nominated. Uh, like it's, the next it's, team... it's one thing to get the crap kicked out of you by Ohio State, but it's definitely okay. another to lose to Purdue. Oh, yeah. Um, and so then uh, another team that's nominated is Appalachian State. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. And so I'm pretty, I'm pretty sad that they're on this list. Um, they're nominated because they were number 20. And then they lost at home to Georgia Southern. Um, and the biggest reason they're on this list is because there goes their shot at the New Year's Six. They yeah. were a long shot anyway. Um, but with their schedule, they have to go undefeated to be the highest-ranked G5. Right. And there's just no way they're going to do that now. Yeah. I like App State. It was so cool for them to be ranked for the first time. Like yeah. this year was the first time they've ever been ranked. It's cool That's to so see them cool. do well. But it sucks that they then go on to lose at home to Georgia Southern. Yeah, that's it. Just sucks. Yeah, real bad. Um, and then uh, the next one is Kansas. They um, props to Brolo for for helping us uh, recognize this one. So they had their first home sellout since two thousand and nine. They, you know, the program's starting to look a little better. There's a little bit of optimism around everything. And then their rival, Kansas State, comes through and just murders them. <laughs> just absolutely crushes them. So, mm. just it's a back breaking loss. Really sucks. And just so many fans there to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, it is so bad. So so bad. Yeah, that's um, terrible. I'm yeah. I'm heartbroken for them. Yeah. Um, and then the final, the final nomination is for Utah State. Um, yeah. This is a program that got murdered last week against Air Force. Looked really bad, um, and then had this week to as a chance to come back and you know show what they're made of against BYU on ESPN two. And they just absolutely hit the bed. It was terrible. It was just hideous. So bad. Uh, it was like forty-two to fourteen. Um, BYU. Like there was there's so much crap with that game that was just just the worst thing. Um, and now BYU fans can forget about the last three times that we've kicked their ass. Yeah, that's or, the biggest thing. Two, it's two, but. So, going into that game, Utah State had won three of the last five and then two straight. Okay. So now, it's still two of three and then 
you know, for the last six, it's three and three, but it's just, that's a rough one to lose. Yeah. Um, and the biggest thing was it wasn't even like a competitive loss. Like no, I was texting some bad. Like I, I'm okay handling like competitive losses at Air Force and against BYU. Like you don't want to lose those, but those are games that you go into the season saying those are tough. Yeah. But to just be humiliated like we were was just horrible. So uh, Utah State wins poo poo team of the week. Um, just. I mean, the biggest thing was that game shook my faith so much in Utah State. I don't think Utah State's making a bowl this year. Maybe. I mean, so Utah State's 4-4 and right now. They'll beat New Mexico. um, But then the games that are left are at Fresno State and then home against Wyoming and home against Boise State. They won't beat Boise State. No. Um, They probably won't win at Fresno. Probably not. Um home against Wyoming is possible, especially because Wyoming doesn't have their starting quarterback anymore. Um, but still Wyoming's defense is really good. Like that's a 50, 50 game in my eyes. Okay. And that's what it'll take to make a bowl. So that sucks. Yeah. That sucks. That, like going into the air force game was this idea of like, Hey, like, you know, we beat San Diego state. Like, yeah, we lost to wake and yeah, we lost to LSU, but, we still have a really good shot at winning the Mountain West. Right. And then we just destroyed by Air Force. And it's like, well, that sucked. But, I mean, maybe there's a, a good reason. And then we just get destroyed by BYU. And it's like, well, yep, that's, I mean, that's what this team is now. So, and David Woodward is out for the season. Oh, no. Uh, Utah State's best linebacker. So that's going to suck. Uh, that's, that's terrible. Yeah, I think he was a big reason why we did so poorly against BYU. Yeah, um, he's the backbone huge. of the defense. He absolutely is. Yep, he was before he got hurt. He was like number two in the nation in tackles. Yeah, he's been amazing this year. And so losing him was a big part of the reason BYU was able to be so successful with like quarterback, like not necessarily quarterback sneaks, but the quarterback rolling out of the pocket and yeah. running it up the middle with their running backs, anything like everything over the middle was what Woodward was great at. And to lose him, is horrible. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. Like, yep. Cause in the end, the worst thing Utah state did was make BYU look good. Yeah. Yep. That was, that was horrible. Um, so yeah, Utah state poo poo team of the week. Um, the other one. So I don't have too many other games I want to talk about. Um, one of the, games is good job to Oregon State by they beat Arizona pretty solidly they're now four and four they have a solid shot at making a bowl game this year yeah I was not expecting that I'm pretty happy with that um so I'm really happy to see Oregon State do do well I like seeing them do well similarly San Jose State played really competitively against Boise. They yeah. looked like they were going to pull off the upset. Yeah, they did. So good. good job to both of those just absolutely trash West <laughs> Coast teams for the past few years yeah. that have uh, woken up and uh, decided to, to do better this year. So decided I like it. To play. Yeah. Um, and then keeping it on the West Coast, Utah and Oregon both did really well. They had yeah. comeback wins. Um, Utah against at Washington, Oregon at usc going into the game both of them like the narratives for both teams were pretty similar um and the narrative for each of the games were pretty similar yeah 
both teams were down early at a tough opponent bounced back and ended up winning uh oregon won by quite a bit utah won by a safe margin i mean at the end of the game i was watching it um with a couple minutes left it was safe that utah was going to win it even though washington had a shot at it right yeah. so it's a good job for them um it'll be really interesting to see what happens with the college football ranking that comes out in like an hour right. uh, from when we're recording this so that sucks um that we with can't that talk. with that said who who do you have in your top four? Oh, top four is easy so it's uh it, I'll, I'll try and go in order as yeah, much as I said, no, no, you know you have to go in order i need one two three and four yeah so my number four is clemson my number three is Ohio State. Um, probably. So, if I'm going off resume, Bama is number two, LSU is number one. Okay. If I'm going off how good I think each team is and who would win in a matchup, probably LSU two, Bama one, but it's really close. So, with that being said, do you think Alabama is going to win this week or no? Uh, I think they probably do. Um, I'll talk mm. about it a little bit more. Okay, first, but um, I want to tell you that you're wrong because Ohio State isn't your number one. So everything you said after that was just dumb. I mean, <laughs> I, I Ohio State has a really good argument for it. Um, like in the Reddit College Football Poll last week, Ohio State, Bama, and LSU were all like, within like a couple hundred points of each other and then it was like a f- like a few hundred point gap between the between like the third place and clemson at fourth okay like those three are all really close um i'm surprised that the coaches poll has clemson at three yeah um it's really close the way they have it but like i mean look at how so just i'm looking at the ap right now uh-huh. so lsu has seven more points than Bama, who has five more points than Ohio State. And then Ohio State has 61 points more than Clemson, who has 100 points more than Penn State, who has 110 points more than Georgia. Wow. So, like, those top three are separated by 12 points. Right. Like, it's super close up there. And I think that's fair. I really am not positive that uh, Ohio State doesn't belong up at right there at the top. I don't imagine that Ohio State is number one at the end of this week um, with LSU and Bama playing unless they both just look really bad. You're right. You're right. Um, they, they definitely won't be. But, yeah, if Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, and then I have Penn State over Clemson, I don't think they'll finish the end there end of the yeah. year here okay. but i think if you go off this year alone off of the their like strength of schedule and like their actual wins yeah i think penn state has some actual wins where clemson really only has the one that's you know okay kind of a mediocre win so yeah i have penn I state right now i don't think they survive their schedule i don't think i don't think they're gonna oh no yeah i agree but but right now i have the number four I agree. So yeah, so it'll be really interesting to see how the college football rankings come out and look. Yeah. Mostly because if Oregon and Utah are in a similar spot to where they are in the AP top twenty-five, mm-hmm. 
um, they have a really good shot at climbing into the playoff. Either one of them. Because right now in the AP, Oregon is 7 and Utah is 8. Right. Um, and then we have to keep in mind that Georgia, who's number 6, will have to play either LSU or Bama. Mm-hmm. Um, LSU and Bama are playing this week. Um, Ohio State and Penn State are going up against each other. Right. Um, and then Oregon and Utah will get each other in the conference championship game, which is a shot to slingshot. Right. Um, now, there's probably going to be a ne- need to be a little bit of chaos. Um, but the best thing that can happen to those two teams is that Bama beats LSU, wins out, beats Georgia, looks good. Um, because they're more likely to jump LSU than they are Bama. That's true. I, I see your logic there. Um, now, it still holds that if LSU is a one-loss team with their only loss coming to Bama, it's really hard to say that they don't deserve the shot. That's true. But yeah, the committee has said that they're going to try and put more emphasis on championships, whether it be conference or division. And in that case, a conference champion that has one loss versus a team that didn't win their division but has better wins, what do you do? Yeah, we'll see, you know, when push comes to shove, how they actually lean. Yep. Well, and we'll see once we get there if that's how things shake out. Yep. But Yeah, one thing yeah, that could be, really be interesting. interesting, could be really, really interesting, and it, it can't quite work this way, um, but if uh, LSU was to beat, or so if Bama was to beat LSU, and then Bama lost to Auburn, and I know that it can't work out to where Bama loses that tiebreaker, but it would be interesting if it was a one-loss Bama where their only loss was to Auburn, didn't win their division, versus a one-loss Oregon whose only loss was to Auburn but won their conference. That's true. It can't quite work with tiebreakers, but I wish it could. Right. I wish it could work where it was just that goofy, just that weird, yeah. where you could say, well, I mean. Um, but, yeah, it would be really, really interesting to see if if they could swing it. It would be really cool. Yeah, um, sure. But it won't. Um, but, yeah, so I'm excited to see what happens with the, with the rankings, um, mostly just to see how Utah and Oregon have a shot at it. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, according to 538, there's about a 23% chance that Utah makes the playoff. If um, And that accounts – that isn't accounting for them officially winning out. That's expecting them to win out. Um, right. But that's a solid – I mean 23% isn't bad. It's basically saying you'll need some help, but with just a little bit of chaos and you doing your job, you can make it. Right. Okay. So, um, so the big thing I wanted to talk about was Florida State fired their head coach, Willie yes, Taggart. And when I first heard about it, my gut reaction was, well, yeah, they've been pretty bad. Yeah. Then I thought about it a little more, and it's so stupid that they fired him. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous that they fired him. Okay. This. Or, so. Well, I mean, yeah. 
he has coached 21 games yeah. for Florida State. It is that is one season and nine games. Yep. Um, to be fair, he, I'm out. I'm we're at nine games. To be fair, we're at nine games with Freddie Kitchens, and I'm out on Freddie Kitchens, so I don't need 21 games. Yeah. So um, if that's your only if that's your only reason it's done, then well, so the biggest thing is that so Willie Taggart has in every place he's gone. He has had a three-year model. Year one is bad. Year two is better. Year three, you're good. That's what he did at Oregon. That's what he did at South Florida. And at both of those places, year three was pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, everyone at Florida State knew that what Willie Taggart got year one was horrible. Jimbo yeah, Fisher absolutely. did not recruit offensive linemen his last two years. Oh, my God. So he didn't have an offensive line. Right. And everyone knew that. This year, when they were in camp, they could barely practice when they used their second string offensive line for a practice because they couldn't stop anybody. <laughs> That's not Willie Taggart's fault. No, it's not. Now, what could be his fault is he didn't really go look for more, like, junior college transfers or graduate transfers or somebody who'd be eligible. Right. Um, and if it, if it really is that bad, he should have. Yeah. But that, yeah. if he feels that there's some patience around his, uh, around him and he knows that he's going to have a little bit of time going and getting junior college and graduate transfers is bad for your program because okay. It keeps your current players from developing, and it makes it so future players are cautious to go to your program in fear that they'll work their way up and then have a somebody transfer in and jump them. Well, and usually they're not long-term fixes either. Yep, exactly. Like you'd rather, you'd rather recruit someone out of high school where you're going to get one year of probably being pretty mediocre and then mm -hmm. hopefully one or two years of being a great player being great exactly and a leader and somebody who's familiar with the program and can help recruit yeah. and yeah like there's so many benefits to it um a lot of people are have tied kansas's current issues to the fact that years ago when they were actually doing pretty decent in you know 2007 2008 window right. um they were using the junior college model and the and the grad transfer model mm -hmm. they were just bringing guys in and it was every year and so they weren't really recruiting well for uh, young players, mm -hmm. but they were bringing guys in well. Then they started losing, and they lost, They changed head coaches, and that model broke. Yeah, and yeah. Oh, all yeah. of a sudden, no one wants to go because they're trash, and there's and that's high school, that's anybody. Right. And so a lot of Kansas's current issues is related to the fact that they leaned on transfers. So I understand that Taggart may have he, – he might see that and say, look, a, a transfer here or there is okay, but I can't start relying on them. He And he probably didn't realize this would be his year. He was probably thinking, I have three years. Exactly. I'd rather develop players than try and just f fix a hole this year and then put us backwards yep. yes, next year. So Yep, exactly. I mean, it's the whole idea that 
Um, like, let's look at Utah State football last year, where la- last year was pretty good. Uh-huh. There was a transfer in from USC with Jalen Green, who did well. Right. Because the wide receivers were a little thin. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a top to bottom, we need transfers. It was just a let's patch right here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fair. Um, yeah. But where Florida State had multiple issues on the offensive line, uh, at quarterback they had a transfer come in. Like there were a lot of things that you just couldn't, they couldn't do it. So I'm fine with Willie Taggart saying, you know, we need to develop. Um, but what probably happened is he didn't play the media right. Um, when he first showed up, he he talked to people about how this isn't a rebuild. This isn't a reload. We're going to win. We're going to be good. And everyone around him and a lot of the reporters were like, really? I mean, we're looking real thin there. Right. No, nope. That we've got talent. We're gonna win. Oh yeah, that's a bad idea. And so because of that, they started losing. And last year was the first year they had missed a bowl in like twenty years. Technically, a couple years before or the year before, they weren't eligible for a bowl. But that was only because Reddit was able to figure that out. Did you hear about that? No. That was okay. This is one of the greatest college football Reddit stories ever. Um. So two years ago or maybe it was three years ago, Florida State finished 6-6 six and six on the season. Uh-huh. But then um, somebody started looking through the records, and one of the rules is, is you can count only one win against an FCS opponent if that FCS opponent meets the scholarship limit and... Um, there's a couple other things with it. Uh-huh. Well, this Redditor ended up looking through, did the math, found records, and showed that that FCS school who Florida State beat did not fulfill the requirement. <laughs> and this was entirely done through Reddit. This was not like – this wasn't a collab with like a reporter from Florida State or from right. ESPN or anything. This was Reddit college football reporting exclusive. That's amazing. And what happened? Florida State and the NCAA had to put out a statement. And basically what happened was the NCAA gave them a waiver saying this isn't Florida State's fault. They're eligible to play in their bowl game. Wow. And so that kept Florida State's bowl streak alive, and it was the longest streak in the country. And then this last year it ended it because they weren't. But they should not have had their bowl streak the year before because they did not get their sixth win against an eligible team. It was incredible. That's hilarious. I loved it. Um, And that was one of Jimbo's last years. I don't know if that was his last year. I think it might have been. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, But, yeah, so last year Florida State went 5-7. and But here's the thing, and I mean, it gets into some moral victory stuff, but that 5-7 and seven Florida State team last year uh-huh. only had one loss against an unranked opponent. Okay. And that loss was to Syracuse, who isn't great, but at the same time, like, if you're, play- if you're playing that many ranked teams, like, yeah, you don't want to lose them all, but it's hard to knock a coach 
who came in and the cupboards were bare and he loses those games. Right. Um, they did beat a ranked team. So last year they went one in six against ranked teams and they went uh, four and one against unranked teams. Hmm. I don't love it. I mean, if you're a team that has high goals and you're used to success like Florida State is, that's not good enough. No. But for a first-year coach, you kind of have to look at that and say, all right, get well soon, (laughs) (laughs) fix it. But it wasn't just absolutely trash. I mean, it was, but it, it, it wasn't. I mean, it was trash for Florida State. It wasn't just complete trash. It wasn't like they were just getting blown out by everybody. They were competitive against most teams. Right. And so but I guess what you said was fix it and did he fix it? Like So right now they're four and five. They look a lot better. They they've lost a couple games that they uh maybe should have won. So I'm gonna go through their five losses. Okay. Tell me which one of them is a humiliating loss. Okay. Week one, lost to Boise State. Week two, lost at number 25, Virginia. Mm. Or Sorry, these aren't like weeks specifically. Um, lost number three, at number two, Clemson. Lost number four, at currently ranked number 22, Wake Forest. And then this past week versus Miami, your rival, who's now five and four. The loss of Miami is pretty bad, though, dude. The loss that was of Miami's a bad not great. loss. The loss of Miami is not great. It is a rivalry, and so there there's certain levels there. But I, it's still an improvement. Um, the games that they have remaining are at Boston College versus an FCS opponent and at Florida. They're probably going to make a bowl. They're probably going to go 6 and 6, which is an improvement, a one game improvement. A one game improvement. Um but then they can win a bowl game and go 7 and 6, two game improvement. But the biggest thing is even in the games this year, they don't look as bad. Like they aren't as laughable this year as they were last year so it's a situation where they had a coach who is known for taking time to build programs and they put him in a program that was trash no one knew it was trash necessarily because jimbo had done enough to keep it from looking that bad but jimbo walked away because the program was going down the drain right absolutely um and he was smart enough to jump ship before it was blamed on him. And then Willie came in, did not great. The next year did a little better, but not much. And year three is when he's supposed to be good. And they never gave him year three. And that's wild. That's incredible. They paid him $17 million for his buyout. That's a lot of money. And here's the thing that I think is the craziest. Willie Taggart's dream job is Florida State. He grew up a Florida State fan. Oh. 
This is where he's That's wanted to be. He left Oregon for this. Oregon's a good job to be head coach at. Yeah. yeah like, to jump so quickly from Oregon, like, this isn't one where he was going to, like, I mean, this isn't where he could maybe spend three years, make Florida State good, and then he's jumping to Bama, where he's jumping to Texas, where he's jumping to a bigger program. He would have stayed at Florida State until he was done. Yeah, that's, that's it's dumb. Dumb that they did this. Um, You're right. I because I think hiring him, you kind of have to go in thinking, all right, you got three years, buddy. Like, exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with them saying you have three years to three show. Three years, results. and I need to see constant improvement. Yep, exactly. And and so far, we've seen we've seen it. Yeah, I mean, so. it hasn't been. I, I mean, it wasn't where they all of a sudden turned, you know, into a top 25 program. Yeah, they're not going to make a movie about this year. Mm-mm. But but they were better. To go to, yeah, to, to get better, to probably be going to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. To be able to say, like, hold out one more year. You're right. This is dumb. Yep, exactly. So when you first hear it, you think, oh, yeah, he hasn't been doing well. Florida State's a good program. Yeah, it makes sense that he's going to get fired. But once you start looking at everything that's there, it's ridiculously stupid that they fired him this early. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Um, so then it just turns into, all right, who's going to be the new head coach? Um, and one thing that's actually really cool is the same um, hiring firm that picked Gary Anderson at Utah State is going to be picking the new head coach at Florida State. And that's the boosters Um, and no one who actually has any knowledge. (laughs) So it'll be really interesting to see who the boosters pick because the boosters are why they fired him. Yeah. I was going to say, let's be honest. They're 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 most likely the reason Taggart doesn't have a job right now. Yep. It's, I mean, Florida state's statement about it kind of was like, we had to do this. Not that we wanted to. And so it really is that the boosters turned around and said, we're not supporting this, which yeah. is bad. They had to, because their statement at one point was like, well, we had to think about season tickets and ticket sales and money from boosters. And at that point, I was like, yep. oh, okay, there it is. You, you yep. hit it in there a little bit, but it's there. Yep. It's the um, money. And I mean, not that uh, there's anything uh, to say about it, but the fact that Willie Taggart was the first black coach in uh, Florida State history and was only given a season and a half, might have had something to, to something interesting there. Yeah, there, 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 there may or may not be something there to know in the South these days. Yep, know in uh, the Florida State area. Um, you never know. Yeah. You never know how those wealthy folks in Florida are feeling. Um, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see who they pick. There are a couple of top candidates that have already popped up. Um, one that I think is really interesting is PJ Fleck, who did a really good job at Washington or at Western Michigan, and uh-huh. now he is at Minnesota, and they are undefeated right yeah. now, um, and they look really good. Um, I would love PJ Fleck. PJ Fleck's a great coach. Um, yeah, I'd like to see him do well. I love what they did to dispel the rumors. He just signed like a five-year extension with Minnesota. Today. Oh, nice. <laughs> so yeah. he's not going 
He's not going anywhere. No. Um, and that's perfect. I think that's the best way to, to say, look, I'm not going anywhere. I'm signing an extension. Yeah, for sure. Like, we're good. Um, so then it leaves a couple other options. One of the first names that people that popped up and Florida state boosters and fans are a big fan of getting this person. Um, and actually I think could it be part of the reason of why they fired, um, uh, Willie Taggart so early is because urban Meyer is while favored for the USC job, the USC job is not available. Right. They have a head coach right now. Yeah, and this season hasn't been bad enough to warrant firing him. Exactly. And so it's this whole idea of, well, I mean, if USC, like, maybe, like, I think they would fire him the moment Urban says he'd be willing to come back. Sure. But if Florida State can get their toe in there first and say, hey, why even worry about that whole situation? Just come here. Yeah. That's a good spot for Urban. Um, yeah. I think USC's a bigger job, but not by a lot. Um, yeah, Florida and, State's a pretty big school. Yeah, Florida State's pretty good. So I think that would be good. I just don't think Urban would go from Florida to Ohio State to Florida State. Yeah. Um, that just doesn't – I mean – Looking at the progression of his career, that doesn't feel bigger. Yeah, um, but he, it's not like he left Utah or not Utah State, Ohio State to get a bigger job. He left for no. health reasons. No, that is true. It was health reasons, and it was all the scandals and stuff that he was trying to dodge and stuff. Oh yeah, that too. S- same stuff he did at Florida. So, um, so it. I don't know. I don't know. I. I don't think Urban's a valid candidate for it. But Probably maybe not. he decides that. It is, I don't know. Um, the Stoops brothers are both being considered Bob Stoops and Mark Stoops. So Bob Stoops was the coach at Oklahoma for a while. Um, he was just recently replaced with Lincoln Riley. Right. Um, he's great. I think he'd be a great pick. Yeah. Um, he's currently going to coach in the XFL. Oh. Um, okay. He retired from Oklahoma. He wasn't fired. It wasn't anything crazy. It was a weird situation where he retired in like June, but still huh. like, I, I don't know. It, maybe something happened that pushed him out. That, but, that sounds like something hinky went on when you retired in June as an NCAA yeah. coach. That, yeah. I feel like you don't just decide to retire in June, but I don't know. What do yeah, I know? and especially where he like the thing that I think is the weirdest is he then is now going to coach XFL. Yeah, like if he was done coaching, he was done coaching. Like, and that's something. But yeah. to then go to the XFL tells me okay, he really does still want to coach. And then if uh, so, I could see him being an option for Florida State. I don't. I don't think that would be. I think that'd be a good hire for him. Uh, mm-hmm. Mark Stoops, who's currently the head coach for Kentucky, and Kentucky's done pretty well for their history. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's good. a good hire too. Um, and I do think going from Kentucky to Florida State's a step up. It is for SEC sure. to ACC, but I think the job, the, the specific position is bigger. Right. It's the whole idea of like if you're going from Vanderbilt to Clemson, obviously that's a move up. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I think Kentucky to, to Florida State is is obviously a move up. Uh, the last job that I'll or the last person that I'll talk about is Lane Kiffin. Um, he's okay. at Florida Atlantic right now. I love Lane. Um, I don't know if he's really that great of a coach, but he's a real fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> he is he is a who. I really yeah. like Lane. Um, I follow him on Twitter, and he he's always saying weird stuff. Okay. Like his, I mean, his like thing with recruiting is come to the FAU um, and he'll just like say it to everybody. Like there'll be a viral meme. There'll be somebody who does like something funny and he'll just be like, come to FAU, come to FAU. <laughs> it's like, all right. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's recruiting anybody and everybody, whether yeah, they are a dog that can play the piano or whatever it may be. Um, I think he's a, I think he's a pretty good option. Lane Kiffin has the weirdest career of anybody. Yeah. Um, I mean, That's he very fun. much failed his way up and back and around. Cause I mean, he's been the head coach of USC of Tennessee of the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, he's been everywhere. And so it, I don't, I have no idea what to think of it. He's done okay at FAU. He really hasn't done that well. Right. Um, so I could see it being where they hire him and he's really not that good. <laughs> Just because, I mean, there has, I, there, he doesn't have many years as yeah. a head coach where he's actually been successful. And it's so weird that there's so much buzz around him when really if you look at his coaching history, it's like, how did you – how did you do that? Like, how have you climbed the way that you have? Um, yeah, yeah I just, he must, he must have a great personality. Yeah. I mean, he must've, <laughs> he must've been, people just, must just like him and hate saying no to him. Yeah. So he went from being the offensive coordinator for USC. Right. Granted, that was USC with Leinert and Bush. That was real good. Yeah. He then went to the Raiders, um, went 5-15 and 15 with the Raiders, uh, got fired, got brought on as the head coach of Tennessee, went 7-6 and six at Tennessee, got fired, got hired as the head coach of USC. What? Um, or maybe he got sniped from uh, from Tennessee. Is that what it was? To, um, to have like a barely winning record at Tennessee to getting to head coach at USC is still a big step up. Yeah, departure from. Let's see. Yeah, no, that's what it was. So okay. he did well enough at Tennessee, going seven and six, <laughs> to get the USC job. Right. Oh my gosh! And then he uh, he did go ten and two one year at USC, and then he went seven and six. So he went eight and five, ten and two, seven and six, three and two, and then he got fired on the tarmac in Phoenix, uh, yeah. and <laughs> didn't even make the flight back to uh, USC. So, and then he went. He wasn't coaching for a while. Then he was at Florida Atlantic, went eleven and three, five and seven, and now he's six and three. Hmm. I just I don't see that as the career of somebody that's just incredible, you know? No. 
It's just so weird. I just I don't get it. I love Lane. I think he's a great guy, but it's just so weird. Yeah, it's um, kind of weird. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see who Florida State gets. I do think that a big part of the reason that they fired uh, Willie so early is to get a head start on the on finding a new coach. But the crazy thing is, teams are already doing that. You don't have to fire your head coach to look for a new head coach. Right. Let them continue forward. Um, unless, of course, you're afraid that they're going to go seven and six and be good enough that you really shouldn't fire them. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah. So there are a couple games to preview. Um, two of them ones. are currently happening right now. Um, oh, really? It's Tuesday night action. I love it. Uh, yeah. Tuesday night action is the best. So we've reached the point of the season where there are college football games on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And the, the games that are Tuesday through Thursday are not good. No, they're not. But they are football. Um, so right now, Kent State and Toledo are in a firefight. Um, it's real good. Great game. Can't believe Super I'm missing interesting. that. Um, and Ball State and Western Michigan are playing. Um, it is... Let's see what the score is in each of them right now. So right now, going into the fourth quarter, Toledo is up by one on Kent State. Oh. And at halftime, Western Michigan is up 21-10 to 10 on Ball State. Wow. So great games, wonderful, super interesting. Um, whoever listens to this will already have the results, which is makes for great podcasting. Um, yep. But yeah. Ooh, I mean- ooh. Top twenty-five of the, uh, yep. Top twenty-five is out for college football. All right, let's hear it. So, number thirteen, Wisconsin. Number twelve, Baylor. Number eleven, Auburn. Number ten, Florida. Number nine, Oklahoma. Number eight, Utah. Mm-hmm. Number seven, Oregon. Number six, Georgia. Number five, Clemson. Number four, Penn State. Okay. Number Three, Alabama. Number two, LSU. And number one, Ohio State. I'm so proud of myself. I'm so good at this. Obviously, the college playoff gurus this year are just on the ball, just can see football how it is. They don't have all this biased bullshit that everyone's viewing the game with now. They you know. they see it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, one thing that's interesting is of the six teams that of the last six in, so twenty through twenty five, uh-huh. five of them are G fives. Wow. So it's Cincinnati. So going twenty five up is SMU, Navy, Oklahoma State, Boise State, Memphis, Cincinnati, Wake Forest. Iowa, Minnesota, Kansas State, Notre Dame, Michigan. So that's mm. 25 through 14 going up. Right. Interesting. So, so yeah, so that's interesting. Um, I'm not going to update my rankings here on how they actually are ranked. I'm not going to go through that work. Um, actually, maybe I will. We'll see. So the games that I actually care about this week, uh, Washington versus Oregon State. Um, this So Washington – their record is deceiving. They're five and four, I think. Um, they're 
probably the best four-loss team in the country. Probably. But now they're going up against the mighty Beavers, and uh, I'm they're feeling real sm- good. They're going to smash the Beaver, dude. Oh, yeah. It's going to be over gonna and be over massacre. again just smash that Beaver. Yeah. Um, so I do think Washington will win it. I would – I think this is a great chance for Oregon State to actually prove to people that they're not just beating bad teams. They can pull off the occasional upset. Sure. So I'm, I'd be all for that. Um, the next one is number now 22, Boise State uh, versus Wyoming. Um, really want to see how good Wyoming is without their quarterback. With their quarterback, I think this would be a really interesting game. Yeah. Um, Boise State was proven to be not invincible after losing to BYU and this Wyoming team has always played Boise close um with their quarterback I would see that as a real close game if they can keep going I don't know but so that'll be interesting um then it is number 17 Minnesota versus number four Penn State uh I'm really interested in this game um Minnesota has a great chance to I mean, Minnesota wins out, they'll make the playoff. I'm I'm not that concerned because it would mean a win over Penn State right now and then a win over Michigan State in the championship. And yeah, or sorry, not Michigan State, Ohio State. Yeah, and I was going to say. If you, I mean, there's not a better way to make it in. You go undefeated with those wins, you're in. Yeah, uh, 100%. Yep. No so argument. I feel good about that. Um, they won't. And Penn St- but... No, they won't. They won't. <laughs> but I feel good about. They can. Yeah. Um, Penn State has a chance to to put their name in there and even potentially try and sneak in as a one loss. Um, But they got to win this one. So they have to look pretty good in this one too. I think. Yeah, I think they got to make a statement. So this is two teams that are looking to make a statement, looking to do something big. I love it. I think it's great. Um, Now number twelve Baylor versus TCU. As mentioned, that is a rivalry game. Um, I did the research. Uh, Baylor did not burn down TCU's campus, as originally said. You shouldn't have T- said that. You should have just yeah. let people believe. And then this, um, this, this well, urban legend would spread even more. Well, it's already been spreading. So TCU's campus in 1910 did burn down. Right. But no one knows why. There's no evidence of what happened. So it is very possible that Baylor burned it down. Um I think if Baylor burned it down, we would have heard about it by now. Somebody would I mean, have said I have something heard about it by now. Yeah, but we'd have heard it coming from like an actual like Baylor Until player. Until anyone can show me proof that Baylor didn't burn it down, then they're guilty until proven innocent. So <laughs> okay, okay, I'll take it. I thought this uh, was America. Then now but... number two versus now number three, LSU versus Alabama. Um, I'm super interested in this one. It'll be really, really interesting. I'm actually surprised that these two teams didn't finish one and two in the ranking because I thought that the committee would, and like not necessarily the committee is that like biased or whatever, but leave them as one and two this week. The winner's going to be number one anyway. Right. Make it so the game is cool. Because when's the last time we had number one play number two? Uh, it's been a little while. I can't think of many. I, I remember on Reddit they were talking about it, um, but it's been a little bit. Yeah. Also, Texas A&M potentially this year could be the first team in like 
forever to play three teams that are not ranked number one at the time that they play them. Wow. Because they played Clemson week two. Yeah. They played Bama earlier when they were number one. And then they play LSU the last game of the season. So if LSU wins this game, they could be number one when they play L- or A&M again. Yep. So that's a murderer's row for, for A&M. Yeah, that's that sucks. That real sucks. Um, I think LSU probably wins this week. I don't know. I'm super interested. Um, I think LSU's gone through the fire a little more, but I really just have trouble ever picking against Bama. Even when it's like, I don't know, they don't look as good. It's Bama. They just, I feel like they always show up. They always look good. It's real rare that they're not really good. If Tua wasn't coming into this game with a high ankle sprain, I'd be leaning, probably leaning more towards Bama, but I think I have to pick LSU on this one. I think it would be close, but I do think they pull it out. Do you know what's crazy is if Bama, so if, if Tua doesn't play in this game, it could potentially lock Bama into the playoff. Isn't that wild? Explain. The committee takes into account injuries and how healthy teams are when they lost and when they won and how healthy they are going into the playoff. Okay. So if Bama loses a competitive game against LSU without Tua, and that's their only loss, that's really easy for the committee to turn around and say they are still one of the four best teams in the nation. That's true. That that pretty much that would be like a lock. I mean, if they win, it's a lock anyway. But it would be really interesting. It'd be real cool. Yeah. Um, then uh, the final one is oh, I gotta see where they're ranked now. Number eighteen, Iowa versus. Oh, are they not ranked? Oh, they're not ranked anymore. Ooh, Wisconsin dropped out of the top twenty. Wisconsin did. I thought they were like fifteen or sixteen. No. Minnesota is 17. Oh, sorry. Wisconsin climbed up to 13. Yeah, I was going to say, I swear to God I heard you say their name. Yeah, no, Wisconsin the, the, Their name was literally the first name you said on the, the list of ranked players yeah. teams. Yeah. Literally um, the first one. Which is interesting. So in the AP, Iowa is 16 and Wisconsin's 18. In the playoff, Iowa is 18 and Wisconsin is 13. Interesting. Um, so it's, I think, I wonder how that changes the playoff betting or the game betting in the next couple days. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, if you were to look at this game with Iowa ranked number 16, Wisconsin ranked 18, you might feel confident that Iowa pulls off an upset or wins. Yeah. Um, but if it's Wisconsin 13, Iowa 18, at that point, you're not as confident. I bet that moves the line a little bit. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, so that's all the games that I have. Um, and just to wrap up, it looks like Utah and Oregon being at seven and eight, that's where they are in the AP. They have a really good shot. Yep. At, uh, one of them's just got to win out. Yep. Just went out and they could really do it. Preferably both of them went out into the championship and then the ch- winner of the championship probably is a lock. Well, yeah. Yep. For sure. So it, it's a, uh, it's a real good shot for him. So, that's all I got. All right, cool. All right, and uh, this week we have a special guest joining us. This week we have Brolo El Cunado joining us. How are you doing, dude? El Cunado. I'm good, good. Thank you so much for having me. 
I've been a big fan of the show, so happy to be here. Appreciate all the support you've given. Um, you are a Chiefs fan, so, I mean, how does that feel these past couple of years? Oh, I'm a lifetime Chiefs fan. I've been through the ups and downs of being a Chiefs fan, The uh, all the terrible quarterbacks, and this year has been a lot of fun to watch. It's been the most exciting. Um, I've... I've the most excited I've been for a season. So it's been absolutely wonderful to watch, um, to, to have them come in and, uh, win against the Vikings this week, um, is also huge, um, yeah. for them. That was a really, really big win, um, to keep them in the playoffs and really, um, in the, in the Super Bowl contention, um, which, which I think they're really showing, um, their offense and defense is, is looking really, really good. The defense is improving. Um, they were able to stop the run um, against the Vikings. Dalvin Cook, he really was not able to get much going. He was held to 71 yards rushing um, this week. Yeah, so, that's huge. Their defense definitely uh, looked like they took another step up this week, especially against the run. That was one of their their, their biggest weaknesses was stopping the run. And so to, to see them be able to put one of – I, I had him on the MVP track. He's one of the two running backs on my MVP track, and Dalvin Cook is amazing to, to, to slow him down. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's been one of the big criticisms uh, this year for the, the Chiefs is their defense. Um, they, they can't stop the run. And, oh, you know, everybody has a game plan, and you just have to run all over them. And um, they were finally able to step up. We've got um, Kalen Saunders, who who's really kind of stepped up. Um, and... Um, Chris Jones had a really, really good game. He was really disruptive. Um, they had to, the, they had to double team him quite a bit, um, and it was uh, he was able to make a really big impact. So it's good to have him healthy again. Yeah, I, I love Chris Jones. I love to see him do well. So, um, and then so kind of like I guess the biggest news of this week. Um, at the time, this was kind of a surprise to me, but. Um, it was because I was missing some key information. I guess you weren't surprised to hear that Nick Foles took the starting job over Gardner Minshew. Yeah, yeah. No, I actually, I wasn't. Um, and the reason is the, the contract. Um, yeah. Yeah, coming, in, coming into this, uh, this podcast, I was going to, mm. you know, have this hot take, and I was going to say why I thought Minshew was going to be the, uh, the starting, or he wasn't going to be the starting quarterback. But, um, you know, we record, this is Tuesday, so... Um, they, uh, they kind of beat me to the punch there. Um, but even though Minshew has looked really, really strong and, and is probably running, um, possibly for, um, rookie of the year, um, even, even despite his, his latest setback, um, in that last game where he, he didn't perform all that well, um, the, the contract situation for Nick Foles is, is way, way too difficult to just sit. Um, he signed a four-year, $88 million contract this year. So he's on the first year of that deal. Um, and it came with $25 million guaranteed and – excuse me, a $50 million guaranteed and $25 million signing bonus. So let's say that next year they want to sit him. That would mean – that would leave $33.75 million dead cap. Jesus. Now there's a potential buyout that they could do in twenty. 21 um, but they would still have 12 and a half million dead cap so with a contract like that even though Minshew is great and you know I've I've really enjoyed watching him and I even have a little bit of the Minshew mania I don't think that you can uh, 
that you can really have somebody who's who's making $88 million over four years and just say, okay, we're, we're going to have you sit down and, and see what Minshew can do. No, I, I think you've got to see what Foles does for a little bit, watch it play out. And man, I, it's, yeah, I kind of saw this coming. Yeah. So, so that was the information I was missing was that I, for some reason I was thinking Max, he was on a two-year deal. I didn't realize he was on a four-year deal and I, and I mean, $88 million is a lot of money. I mean, for a quarterback, yeah. it's relatively cheap, $22 million a year. But, I mean, $50 million of that was guaranteed, which is a lot. Um, and, and it should be said, he, he, he was only allowed to play one drive. He went something for, like, five for eight, capping off his 75-yard drive with a 35-yard pass to Chark. And then he went down with injury, and, like, that was it. Yeah, he went down quick. So he didn't have really much of a chance to, to make an impact. I know this offseason they were really um, high on foals. So, um, and he was he was making some really good connections um, with D.D. Westbrook and some of the other wide receivers. So uh, the Jaguars were really excited. So um, I, I think they'll actually be – like Minshew did a great job of, of holding them where they're at. Um, but I think that Foles needs to step in and we'll, we'll see what he can do. And, and if he doesn't make it, then in a year or two, then at least – give Foles some time to really grow and progress yeah for sure um so i i guess my question is is if nick Foles plays to expectations for the rest of the year it looks like they want to start him for the next four years do they keep Minshew as a backup or do they try and trade him yeah that's a that's a really good question um i guess you kind of see what Foles can do if Foles produces then yeah i think you put him on the trading block but otherwise you kind of uh you know uh and when i say put him on the trading block i mean um put Minshew on the trading block right. otherwise yeah you um you go with foals and you or you you uh, trade foals so yeah yeah i think it's the whole idea that probably with Minshew, it's really nice to have that cheap contract um Obviously, if the right pieces are offered, I think they're fine with it. But I would be a fan of trying to hold on to it just because you're not paying a lot for him. You're not losing a lot by having him on the side. He's not keeping you from signing anybody else or anything. So I, I'm a fan of keeping him unless you get the right type of offer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Unless Foles really performs, I think you got to. Yeah. All right. Well, and yeah. So. I think they should keep Minshew either way. Uh, personally, I, I I think he's just a good player, and Foles has had some injuries. So to have him in the backup, I think, at least for the next couple of years, um, and we, 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 Nick Foles has been anything but consistent in my eyes. So I I don't know. I think you keep Minshew. Um, and then. One of uh, the other points you made was that you think the Patriots' defense was kind of exposed this past week. You think they were kind of overrated due to their schedule? Yeah, I think that um, the Patriots, you know, while they are a good team, I think that uh, things have been a little blown out of proportion. Everybody's talking about how they're one of the greatest defenses of all times. Um, and I think that, you know, we, we saw what um, – Lamar Jackson could do and really, really took over. Um, and just, he's really, really powerful, explosive um, playmaker. He's able to run the ball and he's able to to make really explosive passes. His run play options are just phenomenal. Oh, yeah. um, he just confuses the defenses and makes really, really fast, quick reads. Um, 
so really, I, I feel like this was the, the first challenge that the Pats had was with Lamar Jackson. Um, if we go back and look at the quarterbacks that, um, that the Patriots have faced, in week one, they faced Roethlisberger with the Steelers. And that was probably their hardest matchup, yeah. um, to be honest. Then in week two, they go and they play the Dolphins. And Fitzpatrick starts. He gets hurt. Josh Rosen comes in as the backup. And um, Fitzpatrick is already is already back playing. So, um, yeah, it's not, not great quarterbacks there. Uh, right. Week three, Luke Falk with the Jets because <laughs> Darnold was, you know, had mono and all of that. Um, then we have week four. We have Josh Allen who starts with the Bills, and it was actually a pretty decent game, but he gets injured and Matt Barkley comes in and replaces Allen as the backup. Right. Then week five, we've got Colt McCoy with the Redskins. Week six, you get Daniel Jones with the Giants. In one of the, like his, it was like his second or third game starting at that point. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I believe. I yeah, exactly I believe. he started. Yeah, I'm not sure it was either week three or four, but yeah, only a couple starts. He, he's a good quarterback, but he's still growing. He's and and he struggled that game. Yeah, and then. Week seven, you have Sam Darnold with the Jets, who, you know, was seeing ghosts. Yeah. Uh, really, really struggled. Yeah. And then week eight, you get Baker Mayfield with the Browns. So, um, you know, while they are a good defense, and I have a lot of respect for a lot of players on that team, they kind of got blown out of proportion because they played a lot of backup quarterbacks and a lot of not-so-great quarterbacks through the yeah. first eight weeks. Yeah, for sure. I have a question. Is there any other stat that is more misleading than point differential? <laughs> yeah, no, it really is very, very misleading. Like, if 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 you had some like any way of of accounting for strength of schedule, it'd be one thing. But just to be like, mm-hmm. oh, they're they're scoring differentials plus one hundred and seventy eight. It's like. I don't think the teams they face have put up 178 points this year combined yet. So no, I'm just kidding. no. But it, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's it's so misleading. Um, I I do think their secondary is great. I think Stephon Gilmore is one of, if not the best, cornerback in the league right now. Um, yeah, he's looking Randy. really good. And then Jonathan Jones has been good. The McCordy brothers have been good. Um, Jamie Collins, one of their linebackers, has looked real good. Um, I'm real high on him. Um, he's gotten some talks for Defensive Player of the Year. I don't know once they go through the ringer coming up that they he ends up there, but uh, he, for through through nine weeks he's looked really good and looks like a contender. Um, so kind of going to that to that Ravens game this week. Um, one thing Bill Belichick and the Patriots D have always been able to do was take away your plan A. Like they, yeah. that's, that's what they do. Um, and they weren't able to against the Ravens. They were able to put up 210 rush yards and they ran all over them. They ran when they wanted, how they wanted, where they wanted. Um, Lamar also went 17 for 23, 163 yards, one TD, zero picks. And he was sacked once. Um, yeah. Granted, they probably should have had three or four sacks, but Lamar is just such a freak that he was he's able to just do that disappearing act he does, kind of like Watson and um, kind of I've seen it a few times from Rodgers. Russell Wilson's really good at it. 
Um, mm-hmm. But just yep. the, the way of like, oh, here's a sack, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, nope, they just gained 18 yards. What the hell? Okay. Yeah. He's and he had good. a he had a he had a couple of those plays this game too. Yeah, yeah. He played phenomenal. Yeah. He's just he's one of my favorite players to watch. He's just so good running the ball and he is just improving every week throwing the ball i do really hope that the the ravens either in free agency or in the draft go to pick one more good wide receiver for him i think they found their tight end with mark andrews i think marquise brown has shown that he can be a top wide receiver but then they fall off to willie sneed and willie sneed has been pretty good for him but i just just think if they want to be in a like a top team they really need just like one more wide receiver. It would be good for them to have another dy- dynamic playmaker for sure. But um, I mean, the Patriots really only have Edelman and now Sanu. Uh, their tight end has been non-existent, whoever it is now. Um, I couldn't Nikhil, even tell you. Yeah, Nikhil <laughs> Harry hasn't played a game yet. Josh Gordon's gone. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, and if you look at that, the Patriots offense in that Ravens game, they were very, very limited. Yeah. Um, the, the only, the first two touchdowns they got uh, were, were, or excuse me, the first touchdown they got was off of a turnover that they got at the 20 yard line off of a punt. Um, and then later on in the game, they have another 20 yard line fumble and then they got a field goal out of that one. So they were able to get 10 points just, you know, very, very easily. They didn't go out and really show anything because the Ravens double teamed Edelman and they really were able to shut down, um, you know, their only dynamic playmaker right now. Uh, Sanu is, is getting there and he had one touchdown, but yeah, yeah the, the Patriots offense is, is really, really struggling. I think their defense is really carrying that team. Yeah. We're going to see here in the next few weeks, how that, that offense is because they have zero deep threat and part of that is because Tom Brady's getting old and I honestly just don't think he can throw it that far down the field anymore but two they just don't have a deep threat like Edelman isn't somebody's gonna beat you over top I don't think some news could be kind of guy to beat you over top uh Dorsett Dorsett's not gonna beat you over top so uh like their 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 offense it's it's old and it's showing it. Um, yep. If I'm Brady, I would have retired last year. Retire as a Super Bowl champion up on top. Um, I, I, they could get there again this year, um, but I, I, I don't know. I would rather. I don't know if it's me. I'm just ending on top where I know I'm good. My wife is. I've already made a boatload of money. My wife is still making a boatload of money. I, I'm retiring, but I don't know. I guess if you love the game, you never want to quit. So, yeah, and I th- I still think that he's got some kick in him. I th- I think they'll make another push. This isn't the end of the Patriots as much as I wish it is, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. we'll see. All right, um, all right. I probably got to jump. So, all right, cool. Fuck Have it. a good one. Good luck on your test right, tomorrow. So, yeah, see you, man. Bye. Love you, babe. Um, all right, keep going. Uh, so. Do you think the Dolphins lost the number one pick this week? Did they lose it? No. Did they make their chances a lot harder? Uh, yeah, they made it. Well, not a lot harder, but they made it harder for sure. Okay. Um, 
I have I was looking at ESPN um, and and what they put as the percentages for the number one pick. And right now, um, because of that win, the Bengals now are sitting um, top of the the pick order with um, with the first pick. And then it would go the Redskins, the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Falcons. Wow. So right now the Dolphins actually dropped four spots. Wow. But then the percentages to get the number one pick, though, are a little bit different. Okay. The Bengals have 34% chance of getting it, but the Dolphins still have the highest percentage. It's 37% wow. of getting the number one pick. So okay. even though they hurt their chances, they're still favored to get the number one pick. So we'll see. I don't know, though. They they actually so, showed some fight. Um, the Jets looked absolutely horrible. Um, <laughs> Yes, they did. And Darnold had some of the, like, maybe one of the ugliest interceptions I've ever seen, or at least this season. Yeah, that's um, bad. Did you see the one where he threw on the second goal? And yeah. just, like, <laughs> just just horrible. Yeah, it got and then, and then later on, they're pinned back, um, and he's in a shotgun formation. The snapper completely misses him. <laughs> the ball goes to the side. He doesn't even like he like looks back and just like watches it, but he doesn't run towards it. He doesn't do anything. He's just like, oh, a safety. Like, oh, I missed the ball. Oops. Yeah. It was just it, he doesn't look like a starting quarterback. Like he, he, I, I don't even know what to say about him. No, apparently he's still seeing ghosts from when he played the Patriots because that was just a bad game all around from him. I don't know. Really maybe bad. maybe they were thinking, you know, we're not gonna be great this year. We played Miami twice. We can give them two wins. <laughs> Almost yeah. guaranteeing our spot. Um, the Jets also play the Bengals and the Redskins. So they have the chance if they to, to, to just lock it up right there if they lose. Um, they can lose to the, the Dolphins again, to the Bengals and the Redskins. And there's no way someone's stealing their spot. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll um, see what the Bengals can do because they, if they uh, just keep losing out, they can take it. But yeah, yeah. So, I I really really would love if the Cowboys was the only win the Jets had on the year. Um, <laughs> I think that's unlikely. Um, I, yeah, I think that, they probably yeah, what did. happened. Yeah, <laughs> but, but the Cowboys happened? really aren't that great. Is what is I think is what happened. Um, and I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think the Dolphins probably lose game two against the Jets, and then it really comes down to that Bengals Dolphins game. I think it's week seventeen. Maybe it's week sixteen. But um, I think that's what the what fight I, for the number one pick. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be good. So. That's what- Everybody will be tuned into for yeah, that's sure. That's the game of the week. It's going to be the <laughs> yeah. Dolphins Bengals game. Let's flex that, please. Yeah, yeah. I, I will be advertising the shit out of that. Um, going to another team that isn't doing very well this year. Um, the Browns. You asked the question if it was time to sit Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah, I think it might be. Um, I, I saw an, a um, statistic today um, from uh, on Twitter, and it said that uh, Mayfield has the lowest passer rating when not under pressure at seventy nine point one. So when so when he has as much time in the world, he has a passer rating of seventy nine point one, and he and out of that 
rating. He has the he's the only quarterback. They had like six quarterbacks that were listed, and he's the only one to have more interceptions and touchdowns. Wow. Uh, 11 interceptions, or excuse me, 10 interceptions and six touchdowns. That's really bad. So he's just really, really struggling. Um, yeah, not impressed with Baker Mayfield. I think on paper, this team looked like they were going to be really like a powerhouse and they were going to be yeah. strong. They were going to be fighting for um, their division. Yeah. Um, and right now they're almost in the same situation they were in last year. Yeah, um, if not I worse. I, I believe they were 2-5-1 and one last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a really big comeback, but they would have to finish five, two, and one to match what they did last year, despite all those huge acquisitions. So I, I think that the Browns are really, really struggling, and and I'm not sure I'm not sure if it, benching Mayfield is the answer. I think there's a lot of it's coaching, but yeah, Mayfield has not looked good either. He yeah. has struggled. So I don't know. Do you know who their backup is? You know I don't. Okay, their backup is Garrett Gilbert. He's a second-year oh. player out of Southern Methodist. So I don't think they're going to sit Baker Mayfield just because of that. If oh. they had a decent you know, veteran backup, like if you had Josh McCown or, I don't know, Colt McCoy at this point, case, definitely Case Keenum, but, you know, like anyone who's, who's won a game in the NFL before, <laughs> I might be sitting Baker Mayfield. He has looked awful this year. He... The one claim to fame he had last year was he was accurate. He was always accurate this year. He hasn't been accurate at all. He's throwing way too many interceptions um, and just yeah. isn't hitting his receivers. Um, he definitely needs to reconnect with OBJ. I, I, I think there's just some disconnect going on there. There's I don't know if you watched the end of that game, but the <laughs> the that, that fourth down play at the very end of the game – um, he threw the ball to Landry, who was like pretty well covered, and yeah. it looked like OBJ was open and could have easily got the ball. So, like, I don't know if there's something going on there, um, but if they're gonna even get back to where they were last year, they've got to fix that first. Um, I mentioned this earlier before you got on. Um, I I'm 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 out on Freddie Kitchens. I think I said earlier this year that I would give him the full year. Um he's a new coach. I don't think there's any reason to fire him at this point, but like I'm kind of like putting messages out there like hey, we're not keeping Kitchens next year. Like if you're looking for a job, hit us up. Like um he has poor clock management. I don't know if he knows how to use timeouts. Like at all like at at the end of that game like they they ran out the clock and used a timeout and i I don't know he's had really bad port like really bad play calling like starting from that fourth and ten draw play against the rams i i think it's been pretty clear he isn't a great play caller um and I, i just don't think he demands respect from his players like like that was the, the the thing he was gonna do. He was gonna take all these talented players and form them into this great team. And he was mm-hmm. gonna. And he just he hasn't been able to do that. Like he, he had he, he he's just failing as a coach in every sector. Like I just don't see any redeeming qualities of Freddie Kitchens at this point. Yeah, yeah. He his play calling is suspect. He doesn't 
he doesn't pay enough attention to his playmakers. Like we, we already talked about OBJ and how he needs more reps and needs more attention. And, um, you know, you've got a really, one of the best running backs in the league in Chubb and they had like a third and short situation and he's on the sidelines. They yeah. miss it. They go fourth and one and Chubb is still on the sidelines. Like why, <laughs> if you're not going to use your playmakers, then your playmakers are going to leave. Yeah, um, that would make a little bit more sense if Kareem Hunt was back. Like, if, if yeah. you're telling me that Kareem Hunt was on the field instead of Nick Chubb, maybe. But it wasn't. Yep. So, like, yeah, I, I, I think his play calling has just been awful. Um, whether it's just not having the right personnel on the field when they need him or just the plays he calls. I don't know. I just... So... Yep. Um, and then kind of wanted to go into who you had going into the playoffs, who you were predicting in the playoffs. Um, do you, do you have like who your number one team, your number two team is? And then who from there? Yeah, I do. Um, I think it would be interesting to go like number one, number, like go back and forth on our picks. Okay. Cause I, 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 I have like my, number one, number two, and then I have who I have winning the other two divisions, and then I have who I think is going to be the wildcard teams. Okay, yeah. Um, so if you want to start in the AFC, who do you think the number one seed is going to be? I'm going to, as much as I I want to, yeah, I'm just going to go with that. I'm going to go with the Ravens at the number one seed. I think they're going to take it. I think their defense is improving, and their offense is super dynamic, and I'm been really impressed by the Ravens. Yeah, I also have the Ravens. Um, they finished the year f- with the 49ers uh, and then the Bills, the Jets, the Browns, the Steelers. They really should only lose one of those. It's to either probably the 49ers if they're going to lose, but maybe the Steelers. The Steelers have won three in a row. Like I don't know if people are on that radar yet, but the Steelers have mm-hmm. won three in a row and have looked decent so they could steal a game there especially being the last week of the year they might want to sit people um so i have them ending the year at 13 and 3 um so yeah i also have the ravens at number one very happy to do that uh who do you have at number two i think we can all guess this one i have the patriots at number two yeah unfortunately they're they're a good team and they'll I think they'll lose a couple down this this tough stretch um, but I, I still think that they'll they're gonna continue uh, dominating and they'll they'll take their uh, take the two spot yeah so to finish the year they have a bye week this week and then they ha- play the Eagles then the Cowboys then the Texans then the Chiefs and then finish the year with the Bills they're gonna lose at least two of those after what we saw against the Ravens they're gonna lose at least two of those. Um, and at that point, they'd also be 13-3 and three and lose the tiebreaker to the Ravens. Yep. Um, so I also have the Patriots at number two. Um, tell me why the Chiefs are going to win their division. <laughs> <laughs> because um, one of my uh, go-to reporters for Chiefs um, is a, a guy named uh, Therese Paler. Um, and he said... He reported that barring Mahomes waking up Sunday with a setback, he's going to play against the Titans. Okay. Now he's had a chance to rest his ankle. He's had a chance to rest his knees. Um, the defense is coming together. The offense is coming together. Um, 
you know, Damian Williams had a 91 yard touchdown. So he's yeah. finally coming back into form. Yeah. Cause um, I dropped him on fantasy football. Anytime Alex drops a player, you should grab him up immediately because he's about to go off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I dropped Josh Gordon and, and for a, for a week, it looked like I was a genius. And then he got picked up by the Seahawks, and I think he's going to do really well there. Um, so yeah, we'll I'm not see. happy about we'll that. But, um, <laughs> okay, who's who do you have winning the AFC South? I have the Texans. I think they're going to finish strong. I think Deshaun Watson has showed that he is a, a really, really powerful quarterback. Um, their defense is still holding strong. Um, before the season started, I thought that they were going to you know, um, have some setbacks that they lost some key players, but, um, I think that they're going to finish strong and I think they're going to take this off. Yeah. Um, I kind of, well, I, to be honest, I talked in their trades at the beginning of the season. I don't, I said giving up Clowney for what they got and then picking up Tunsil for what they gave and only getting Tunsil and stills, but stills has been, a key part of this offense. Like he's obviously the uh, number three behind Fuller, but he still made plays when they needed him. And Laramie yep. Tunsil has been huge. Every game they, that that offensive line gets better. And the last times Deshaun Watson gets sacked, the likelihood of you winning the game goes up exponentially. So, so I think that Laramie Tunsil trade while they might've given a little bit too much, I think they're okay with that, knowing that they're, they're protecting their quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I also have the Texans winning their division. Um, I think it's going to be really close between them and the Colts. Um, I think it's mm-hmm. going to probably come down to to their their game towards the end of the season. Um, but, I, yeah, I do have the Texans winning their division. Uh, who are your wildcard teams for the AFC? So I've got the Bills and the Colts. Okay. I think the Bills the Bills are strong. I think um, Allen's looking really strong. And um, <clears throat> uh, Singletary, their rookie um, running back, um, is, has been looking really powerful. Um, yeah, I've been really impressed with the Bills. They, they haven't had the toughest schedule, but um, I think their defense is, has proven strong. And I think their offense is uh, – they've got enough weapons that I think they'll, they'll uh, continue to – to succeed and they'll, they'll make that wild card spot. And then the Colts. Yeah. I think, um, you know, as long as uh Brissette isn't out for too long, um, I think that they should be okay. Um, oh, Hoyer, I forgot about that. I forgot he was injured. Hoyer, yeah. Hoyer came in, um, and he, um, had three touchdowns. So he, he did a pretty good job of, uh, keeping them in it. They yeah. lost, um, you know, with, with one minute and 13 seconds left, uh, Vinatieri missed a, a field goal and they, they could have won it, you know, yeah. if their defense would have held and they would have made that kick. But, um, you know, they uh, they lost that one. But um, every game that they've they've been in, they've they've really been contenders. So I think that they'll they'll earn the wild card spot. Yeah, the the Colts have looked really good this year. I mean, Brissett has looked. I mean, I I, just, I go back to I really wish we could see how well Andrew Luck could have done with this Colts team, like yeah. It would just to have the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Colts all going. I I don't think the Patriots could have won the playoffs. I think one of those three teams would have been able to beat them. Um, 
But they could have been scary with yeah. luck. Oh, they could yeah, have been this, really, this really powerful. Would, this team could have been disgusting with Colt, like with luck. Um, I mean, yep. Um, so yeah, I have them, and then so I have the Bills, and and you kind of touched on this. Um, they do have, I think, in my eyes, the second easiest schedule behind the Patriots so far. Um, they do have a few tough games coming up. Um, so. I have them in, um, but the past past few weeks, they their defense has hasn't looked as good, um, and so it it's kind of the, in the same field as the Patriots defense, where it's like how much of it was that you were playing these these sh- god awful teams, and how much yeah. of it is your defense is actually good? Because if their defense is anywhere near how good I think they are, they're 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 taking this wild card spot, but if they're not. Yep. I think the Steelers are going to come and and steal this spot. Right now they're four and four, and the Bills are six and two. So the Bills really have to shit the bed for that to happen. Um, but I, I I think I think t- people should be watching out for the Steelers. Um, I really Agreed. wish I I really wish they had Roethlisberger instead of Mason Rudolph, but they've looked really good the past few weeks. Um, so yeah. hopefully they can. Um, I I. Obviously, you know, the Ravens are going to win their division. Like, it's, there's just no way at this point. But uh, I'd like to seal the Steelers in there. But, you know, I've also been calling the Bills being a wildcard team. And when I first said it, it was kind of a hot take. Um, <laughs> so to have that little bit of a, you know, bragging point would also be great. Um, yeah, I bet they're excited, too. It's their best start <laughs> since 93. They have yeah, not had I a good born. team for a while. I have never oh. seen a team as good as this Bills team in my lifetime. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, and then let's head over to the NFC. Um, I think this, we, we matched on the AFC. I think we might have different teams in the NFC. So who do you have in the number one in NFC? Yeah, I think we'll have a couple differences. I, I think that we'll start with the same with the 49ers. They've just been a dominant, um, you know, they let the Cardinals in a little bit, but really they've, they've been a surprise this year from what they did last year to this year. They've been really, really strong. Um, and that, yeah, so I'm sticking with the 49ers at the one spot. Before I give my pick, I just want to talk about that Cardinals game really quick. What, what, what's, what, what amazes me about that Cardinals game is all year that their defensive line and their, their run game has been what's keeping them in this game. Like obviously the rest of the team is good. Their run game was almost non-existent against the Cardinals, and their defensive mm. line wasn't getting much pressure at all with how you know how bad the Cardinals' offensive line is. And Jimmy G put the team on his shoulders and led him to a win. Um, but yeah, he had four touchdowns. He looked impressive. Yeah, he did look impressive. With that being said, at number one, I have the Saints. Um, I think through the, through this season they've been dominant even when they had to go to their backup in Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I do think Breeze is a decent upgrade over Bridgewater. Um, I will say if a team is able to take away Michael Thomas, the Saints aren't going to be as good. Thomas has something like 32% of target share on that team, which is just too damn high if you can take that away um but he's just been so consistent his hands are so i don't know they also have camara and you know ted Ginn jr's good for a few catches a game um and can beat you over top so and their defense is good their defense is really good um 
And then I'll touch a little bit later on why I think the 49ers aren't going to take that spot, but I'll get there when we get there. Um, who do you have at number yep. two? Well, I got the uh, the Saints. I uh, I struggled. I, th- I think the Saints are a really, really good team. Um, but I think that the 49ers will hold on strong. Um, but the Saints, um, they, yeah, they've been really, really impressive. And I think having Drew Brees um, back is, is makes them better. Um, yeah, so I... I the the Saints are a really really good team and they could make that push for the number one but um, yeah I think the, they'll they'll take that two spot okay um, so at number two despite this past week number two I have the Packers um, interesting so some people after this last week are probably selling their stock on the Packers and I'm just I'm just buying it up I'm just buying all the Packers stock when it's low. Um, they had a bad game. Aaron Rodgers' offensive line failed him. Like, their run game was non-existent, and Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram just destroyed that game. Aaron Rodgers yeah. had zero time to think or play. Like, um, I, I will say I was kind of disappointed, and I don't think LaFleur was able to adjust very well, and we kind of see that with um, new new younger head coaches that, I mean, we saw that with Sean McVay, um, where they're just not able to adjust as well as some of these veteran coaches. Um, but I do think the Packers um, finish the game the, the year strong, and it's it's going to come down to the week. I think it's week fifteen matchup between the Packers and the Forty ers of who has the second spot. Um, yeah. But but um, I, I do think the Packers pull that out. I, I do, in that my heart of hearts, think they're the better team. Um, so yeah, I have the Packers at number two. Um, and then I guess it, it's kind of weird now. Um, <laughs> we don't match up quite as well now. Yeah, we don't. <clears throat> I guess, I guess the question, do you have the Packers winning the NFC North? I do have the Packers winning the NFC North. Yes, I do. Okay. Um, so in that spot, I have the 49ers. I do think they win their division. Um, but to end the year, they have two games left against the Seahawks. They play the Rams. They play the Packers. They play the Ravens. And they play the Saints. I haven't looked at everyone else's schedule, but I have to guess that is the toughest schedule to finish the year. And all of those teams are of above 500. All of those teams are going to be our playoff teams or um, you know, the Rams are kind of right outside the playoffs right now. Um, mm-hmm. But these are high caliber teams and I have a hard time. I, I just think they're, they're a young team. I think they kind of slip up a little bit. I think they kind of get a little bit too cocky as well. Um, I think the Seahawks steal a game. I think, I don't know if the Rams beat them, but I do think the Packers beat them. I do think the Ravens beat them. I, do think the Saints probably beat them unless they sit their team because it is the last game of the year. So that's kind of where it gets dicey. Um, but I do have them losing at least three, if not four or five of those their their, their last games, the last eight. Okay. Um. So. Um. Yeah. Who do you have winning the NFC least? Yeah, that's that's a tough one. Um, I think the Eagles are going to pull it off. 
I think the Cowboys are um, a little overrated. Um, yeah. They've they've struggled in some easy games. They've lost some games they should have won. <clears throat> Jets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, they they honestly didn't they didn't look great against the the Giants. No. Um, they've they've played some tough games. They've lost. Excuse me. They've won some games where they probably should have lost. Um, and the easy games. Yeah. Um, so I I'm going with the Eagles. I think the Eagles have some struggles with their secondary. Um, and I think that they can they can be picked apart a little bit. Um, but their offense, uh, Wentz is is doing a really good job of of keeping them. Um, in games um, they they just kind of need to be careful um, this last week they were up what was it um, they were a big 12 nothing at half and then like 19 to nothing and then the bears came back so yeah um, they're they're a good team they're an explosive team but um, they need to to keep the foot on the gas and they can't let up because if they do they're going to let other teams get back into it because their defense just can't hold on yeah absolutely that and that's the thing though their their offense the past two weeks, I faced the Bears and the Bills, two of like the top yep. five defenses in the in the NFL, and they've looked dominant. They've they've torn those defenses apart. So, I also have the Eagles winning their division, partially because because I think the Eagles kind of started to get their shit together, and uh, partially because I think the Cowboys are just overrated. I I. They lost against the Jets, and then they, they, they win against the Eagles when the Eagles were struggling really hard, and it wasn't a convincing win. And then all of a sudden they beat the Giants in a game that they were losing almost all the way up to half, and then all of a sudden that black cat runs across the field, and all of a sudden they start doing a little bit better. But all of a sudden, because they, they beat the Giants again, they're good again, and we, sh- we need to be putting them in our top tens. Like, no. Yeah, they're not that good of a team. Dak Prescott is is better than average, but he's not very good. Like he's just not a top quarterback. Um, Ezekiel Elliott has looked pretty good this season, but he hasn't looked as great as he has in past seasons. Um, yeah, I mean, Amari Cooper is still pretty good, but and their defense just—I don't know. Their defense is good, but. We don't. I don't know. They're really good on third downs, which I think is why they. I have them potentially taking a wild card spot. Um, I I think their defense is good at getting teams off the field. Um, but in the end, uh, so so for my wild card teams, I have the Seahawks for sure and then like that other spot is like the rams cowboys or panthers could take it like i'm really not convinced on any of these teams um like I'm you're really, selling the vikings huh? i yeah i i am selling on the vikings as well i think they're i think they're also overrated um and i've touched on this i think it was actually two weeks ago at this point um mm-hmm. they're about to have a bunch of primetime games and I think they're going to start to get, they're going to start dropping. Um, so I, I'll touch on this later. I have them barely in my top 10. They probably keep it this week. Um, I can't remember who they play, but they have a pretty easy game this week. Um, but then I think, I think they'll stay off the list after that. Um, so yeah, I'm selling off on the Vikings. Interesting. Yeah. I, uh, I do have the, um, Seahawks 
in the wild card. Um, mm-hmm. I think Russell Wilson is is putting on a really really good season, um, potential yeah, MVP. MVP season. Yeah, MVP season for sure. Um, he's he's leading the race. So last week I uh, just sorry to cut you off, but last week I talked oh, about how Aaron Rodgers was leading that race for me. Um, <laughs> both Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson kind of leapfrogged him this week. Um, Agreed. So, but yeah, I do have Russell Wilson leading that MVP race right now. Yeah, he has 22 touchdown passes and one interception through nine games. Like, he is just looking phenomenal. Um, he had 378 yards and five touchdowns um, against Tampa Bay. They they started off rough, and they were they were losing pretty big, but they came back. And yeah, he Russell Wilson is looking really impressive, and I think that he's going to keep con- carrying this team. And, and they do have a lot of other weapons, but um, when you've got a quarterback like that, a lot of things can happen. So I think they'll take that wild card spot. Yeah. Um, I think one thing to say about the Seahawks is this is the first year in a while that it's not about their defense. Like, their defense just hasn't been very good this year this year like they yeah. almost lost to the buccaneers which i granted the rams did get <laughs> annihilated by the buccaneers but hey, buccaneers um, are the best two and six team I, I promise you that i guarantee it i 100 percent <laughs> agree um but they are very offensively oriented and the past few weeks like they they were they are a uh a run team but um, I think it's all on Russell Wilson at this point. Like, if if Russ if, if, at this point, if Russell Wilson got injured, I don't think they win very many games for the the rest of the year. Like, I don't think they win any. Actually, I'm gonna say that. Like, I don't know who their backup is, but I think I can confidently say without Russell Wilson, they don't win a game for the rest of the year. <laughs> I don't know about that. With, and that's with Lockett. And that's, and Metcalf and Carson, they've got some very strong teams. <laughs> Metcalf I, I can't know, change directions. Metcalf runs straight, <laughs> and that's it. And Russell Wilson makes him look great. Like yeah, I'd love yeah. to see DK Metcalf on any other team because he probably would be like a fourth or fifth string on another team. But not only are the Seahawks really light at wide receiver, mostly because it doesn't matter. Um, Russell Wilson can make Doug Baldwin look like a wide receiver one and one of the better wide receivers in the league. So, um, uh, like that's that's why he's the MVP to me. Like you could, pro- yeah. they could probably win a game or two without him. You're probably right. I'm probably, but no, they wouldn't win a single game without Russell Wilson. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to it. They're not gonna win a single game without Russell Wilson. Um, and that's why he's my MVP. Well, hopefully they won't need to. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. I, I, yeah, I'll say this right now. I really hope Russell Wilson never gets injured. Like, as much as I hate how good he, I wish he was playing for another division. Um, he's just really good and one of those other players that's just really fun to watch that just gets put in situations where, like, you're like, if any other quarterback, they probably are losing this game. But because they have Russell Wilson, they're going to be in this game. So, yep. um, and then the Panthers, I, um, you were the one that broke this story to me actually today, but um, they announced that Cam Newton is, they put Cam Newton on IR this week. Um, yep. He's out for season. So Kyle Allen will be starting the rest of the season barring injury. Um, really quickly, do you think they trade Cam Newton at the end of the year? Yes, I think they should. I don't, 
Will they? Uh, I don't know, but I think they should. I think okay. that Allen has stepped up, and I think that you can get some good trade value for Newton. So yeah. I say go for it. There's a lot of teams looking for quarterbacks right now. Yep. I mean, if the Bears, again, I'll say it again, if the Bears aren't looking for a quarterback right now, their whole organization just needs to be burned to the ground. Like, their quarterback is awful. Um, the Bengals can't be content with Ryan Finley. I mean, obviously, the Dolphins are looking to draft the quarterback, but. Um, and then there's one other team I really wanted to, I don't know, but yeah, there's, there's, there's a, there's a few teams that are looking for a quarterback right now. I think you can get a lot of value for him and Kyle Allen has shown that he's good enough to start when, at least while you have Christian McCaffrey on your team. Um, one stat I really like the Panthers lead the league in sacks and they were one of the teams that blitzes the least crazy yeah and that means they do it effectively yeah it just means their defensive line is efficient so yep. um if 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 i had to put money right now i um i like I want to say the so Rams, but I'm like not sure how much of that is just bias and how much of that is I really think the Rams have turned their season around and are gonna like finish the season strong. Not to mention, I'd really love to see a three NFC West playoff. Um, and then that I also hate the Cowboys, so they kind of get a little bit less love than they should. And then the Panthers are just—I I have no idea where they're really at. So. Um, I I want to say the Rams, but I w- I'm not going to be shocked at the Cowboys. And the Vikings can also steal in there. I'm not going to 100% sell out on them yet, but I'm pretty sure I'm out on on the Vikings. Um Yeah, I right now I've got the Vikings um in that sp- in the in the wild card spot. Um, I think the Rams have a better shot than the Panthers do. Yeah. Um, but I still think that the Vikings are going to hold strong, and I think that they are are a strong team. I, 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 I just don't think the first. I don't trust Kirk Cousins. I just don't think he's very good. Um, I think the fact that he has two of the best wide receivers in the league on his team really helps him a lot. Um, and then he also has one of, if not the best running backs in the league in Dalvin cook. Um, but we have seen this past week that even, I mean, the chiefs defense were able to stop him and they, they haven't been great against the run all year. So like, yes, I do think the chiefs defense stepped up this week, but I also think that, Hey, maybe there, there, there's a way to beat them. Like if you stop Dalvin cook, they're going to have to beat you over the air and I, I'd put money on, on Kirk cousins, not winning, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I, I think that they've got some enough easy wins on their, their remaining schedule. Um, I think that they're not going to go deep, but I think they'll still take that wild card spot. I think Kirk cousins is enough of a playmaker. Um, he's not an amazing quarterback. I don't put him in like my top 10 or anything like that, but I think that he's good enough and he's got enough weapons around him that I still think that they'll be able to hold on strong to that. Yeah. The the, the thing is though, I, 
I think if you replace Kirk Cousins with somebody of like equal caliber, but that's just consistent, I probably have the Vikings in there too. Um, I just, yeah. if it wasn't Kirk Cousins leading this team and it was a quarterback of equivalent value to his team, I'm probably putting the Vikings in there. I just, I just don't trust Kirk Cousins and, um, I don't know. So I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, and then really quick, uh, how long have we gone? I guess, do you just want to go over your top 10 really quick? Sure. Yeah. We've kind of so at, right now I've got the Niners at number one. I've got the Saints at the two spot. I've got the Ravens pulling out the number three spot. And then we go four with the Patriots. Five, I've got the Chiefs. Six, I've got the Texans. Seven, I've got the Seahawks. I think that they are just barely ahead of the Packers. And so I have the Packers at eight. Um, I think I have the Vikings just under them. And then I do think the Rams are at the 10 spot right now. Um, I think that they have a tough schedule, and I think that because their division, they may not make the playoffs, but I still think they're a top 10 team right now. Okay. And and I do have the Rams just outside my top 10. Um, and I think that's mostly because I'm sticking to the fact that I'm waiting for them to beat a good team, um, which shouldn't be how these power rankings work. But because they're my team, I want to kind of, I think I'm counteracting the, balance, uh, the bias too much. Um, mm-hmm. But I did keep them out. Um so ours is very similar. We we talked about this earlier, but our top 10 is very similar. Um, key fact, though, I have the Saints at number one, 49ers number two. Um, I talked about it a little bit earlier. I just, like, I, I want to put the 49ers there, but I think the only reason I'm putting the 49ers there is because they're undefeated. Like, at the end of the day, yeah. I do think the Saints are the better team. Um, I do think the Saints are the best team in the NFL right now. Um could change by the end of the the, the the year, but I do have my number one. Yeah, there's a strong argument to be made for sure. Yeah, and t- to be fair, if you were to tell me you had the Ravens at number one, I don't think there's much argument there other than the fact that they, I mean, I think it's just kind of an overreaction to one game, and I, tr- I try not to overreact too much to single games um, because – in the NFL, that with with how much parity there is in the NFL, any team can lose to any team on a singular week. So, like, yeah. if, if this was like the MLB and you had like seven games, like obviously, I think the better team's gonna win every time, or most times, anyways. At least, unless it's like really close. But you know, you're gonna be able to see. But in in a singular game, anything can happen, um, and any team can look really good one week. Some one week, two week can one team can just really want it and another team can just be like kind of looking forward to the next week. Um, I don't think that's what happened with this Patriots game, but again, I just try not to put too much weight on one game. So I do have them at number three. I do have the Patriots at number four. I do look forward to dropping them more when they lose more (laughs) games. Um, uh, Number five, I also have the chiefs. Um, Number six, I have the Packers, like I said earlier. Um, I am not, I'm not selling out on them. I'm buying them. Um, I still think they're at their top team. Um, 
I the, the Chargers defense is good. Um, they were missing Derwin James still, um, but um, I'm surprised their offense was able to put up as many points against their defense. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I do, I do have them at number six. Number seven, I have the Texans. Um, number eight, I have the Seahawks. And <laughs> my note for the Seahawks, by the way, is just Russell Wilson. Uh, the, all the other yeah. teams, I kind of have like notes of you know either what they did this week or or why I have number <laughs> one. Seahawks is just Russell Wilson. Um, <laughs> number nine, I have the Eagles. Their offense has looked really good. Um, Deshaun Jackson did go on IR today, which is a big loss. That's their deep threat, really. Um, yeah. I do still have them at number nine. I do think they're kind of they're back. I, I don't know what it is again with the Eagles. It's probably because Logan is an Eagles fan. It, Logan is my brother. Um, Logan is an Eagles fan, um, and so I kind of probably overreact a little bit too much to what happens to the Eagles. Um, but I, I, I do think they've been very good on offense the past few weeks, and I think they, they, with some key injuries coming back on their defense, hopefully they can they can finish out the, the year strong. Um, number 10, I have the Vikings. And to be honest, I probably only have the Vikings at number 10 so I can keep the Cowboys out of my top 10. <laughs> Good man. Um, and they're they're six and two and put up a good game against the Chiefs and blah blah blah. blah. But mostly because <laughs> the Cowboys off the list. Um, cool man. Uh, unfortunate that Mason had to leave, but I'm glad that you were able to to, to come and join me. It's been fun. Um, yeah, anytime. Thanks for having me. It's been fun to talk shop and yeah, yeah. So. Uh, you know, as usual, to our listeners, follow us at OC Bystanders. Share us with your friends. Um, we'll probably have a guest on next week as well, maybe the week after, depending on schedules. Um, so look forward to that as well. Um, and yeah, see you next week. See you.